Hello and welcome again. It's so exciting to be with you guys once more. My name is Steve John. Um, I'm basically family here. You know, I've been here several times and it's a great honor for me to fill the pulpit uh, while your pastors take some well-deserved vacation. And I hope your Thanksgiving was well. Hope you didn't eat too much. Uh, But let's jump right into the word. Uh, Man, let's prepare our hearts for what God has for us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done in our lives, God. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Lord, we pray that for the next few minutes that you would minister to us, God. Open up our hearts. Allow us to receive from you, Jesus. Lord, I pray that as uh, every word that is uttered from this mouth, let it be inspired by your Holy Spirit. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and we thank you so much that the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, if we look now for the rest of 2020, um, we, you know, me along with everybody else, I'm sure, really wants this year to end. Um, As we came into 2020, I'm sure a lot of us made some New Year resolutions and we were going to commit to a lot of good things and we're looking for some open doors and opportunities throughout the year. But then as soon as March hit and the coronavirus hit, everything shut down and life as we know it have come to a halt. But I want to encourage you that we as the time of this recording, when you're watching this, we have roughly 32, 33 days left in the year. I want to encourage you to leave this year for the next 33 days, press in like you've never done before. Go up a level in your spiritual walk, in your physical life, in all aspects. Go beyond what's just the normal and believe God for something extraordinary. Because I believe this, The way you exit one season will determine the way you enter the next season. I'm going to say that again. The way you exit one season will determine the way you enter the next season. And I refuse to enter into 2021 the same way I have gone through 2020. In fact, when I look at 2021, I want that to be the next level in my life, the next level in my family, the next level in whatever God has called me to be. But in order for me to get to that next level, I got to make sure that I have finished 2020, laying it all on the line, making sure, saying, God, I was not lazy with the gift or the calling that you have put upon my life, but instead, I have done all that I could, and I'm leaving it all on the line. If you're taking notes, the title of today's message is called Run for Your Life. Run for Your Life. And if I can be honest with you, um, it probably is not hard to tell even just by looking at me, but I hate running. Um, I believe the only time that you need to run is if you're running from a bear Um, If you're running after your kids, the only things that I like running is I like leaving my car running, right? To get the heat or the air conditioning on. I like to leave my AC running. I like to leave my fridge running. But the only person that you will not see running is me. I hate running. But you know what? I've come to this realization, this truth is running actually is beneficial for you. And I've come to this horrible reality that 
in order for me to get more healthy, in order for me to uh, get to the goals in my life that I want to get to, I have to include running in my daily life. A couple of years ago, me and my wife, we signed up for this uh, workout plan. It wasn't really a plan. It was just more like a, a workout style is called Camp Gladiator. And basically this was uh, a type of workouts that's all outdoors. They believe uh, you need to work out out outdoors, no matter if it's raining, no matter if it's 150 degrees outside, no matter if it's minus 20 degrees or it's snowing or sleeting, you are supposed to be working outside. And so you know, I told my wife, bless you, I said, let's uh, sign up for this and let's just see what happens. Man, we loved uh, going to that workout. Although some days were brutal, uh, we saw immediate results. Uh, it just in our health and our energy, just feeling so good. Uh, and then, you know, all of a sudden life hit and we got too busy and then we ended up uh, stopping. But I wonder always to this day, what would happen if I would have kept up with it? What would I... Uh, look like if I would have stayed with it. And I believe uh, as Christians, a lot of us have good intentions and we want to pursue a lot of good things and we start off strong, but some of us lack the endurance to continue with the race that God has set before us. If you have your scriptures, I want you to turn in the word with me to Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read a few scriptures and then we'll go into today's message. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a, such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance, there's that word again, the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from the sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. I love what Eugene Patterson says in the message translation. I'll read that same exact portion of scripture, but in the message translation. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed away, all the veterans cheering us on. It means that we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No spiritual fat, no parasitic sins, but keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story 
again, item by item, the long litany of hostility that he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline in your souls. Man, when I read the message translation of that scripture, that pumps me up. I mean, although I'm not a runner, I feel like I can go out into a race after I read this. You see, the Bible is telling us to uh, look at what has already happened. Look at the people that have gone before us and think about the the struggles that they had to go through. And that will allow us to have the faith and the endurance that we need to run this race that God has given us. If you're taking notes, I have three simple points. In fact, I'm going to tell you all the points now. It's really easy to remember. Point number one, on your mark. Point number two, get set. Point number three, go. On your mark, get set, go. So let's go through number one. On your mark. What does on your mark mean? In a race, on your mark means there are specific markers for each runner. And they want to make sure that you are on the correct mark for the race. And I feel like as Christians, a lot of us look at the the markers be, beside us, the lanes uh, next to us, and, and we're like, oh, look at that. They're, they're running uh, in this lane. It looks very fancy. It looks very um, appealing. Or, or look at this lane. Wow, like, that looks, that looks so easy. I can't believe that. And a lot of us Christians fall into something called the comparison trap. In fact, I think that's a great message that I need to speak one day, the comparison trap. I'm just kidding. Pastor Justin did an incredible job last week about the comparison trap. But I believe it's crucial. I don't think you can even emphasize that enough to stop comparing your calling to other people. Our God is a very magnificent and large God to where he can give us a specific destiny and a specific anointing. If we are distracted by not keeping in our lane, and not staying within the lane that God has given us, what we're going to do is look next to us and get distracted with all the things that God has in front of us. Let me say that again. God has called us for a race that's marked specifically for us. On your mark, you are marked, you are anointed for this race that God has set before you. Imagine me running a race and I'm looking to the side the entire time. If I look to the side while running, I am not going to be able to finish the race that's in front of me. People of God, we have to understand this. Especially young people on social media. I know it's easy. I know it's so tempting to compare ourselves with other people as we scroll through Instagram, as we look at TikTok, as we go through Facebook, and we're, we're comparing, or, or maybe you're in college, and you see other people that have graduated uh, at the same time of high school as you, and they're doing all these fancy things, and here you are, you're still trying to figure out, is this the right major that I chose? Or maybe you've graduated, and, and you're uh, trying to look for a partner and then you've looked around and everybody else is already having a partner or maybe they already have kids they already have a family and you're comparing all these different things but can I encourage you especially when it comes to social media to 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 not compare your behind the scenes to everybody else's highlight reel so many times on social media, everybody likes to, to promote the best of the best. And very rarely do I see people promoting the worst of the worst. 
And here we are, we get easily sucked into this comparison and we're looking at other things and we're like, God, why didn't you do this? Or God, why can't I have that? And, and God is wanting us to stay focused on the lane and the race that he has set out before us. So number one is on your mark. You have to make sure you are in the right position in order to run the race that God has set before you. Number two, get set. Strip away every weight that slows you down. In fact, I have an illustration right here. Imagine me running a race. And uh, let me pick this up real quick. And I have to run this race, no matter how many miles it is, but I'm running with this weight, okay? Uh, right now, if I had to guess, I would guess it's about three or four pounds. But imagine if this was 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 50 pounds, however heavy you want it to be, and you're trying to run, know that this weight is weighing me down and I'm not able to run as quickly as I am able to. Imagine, I'm running along, but I'm carrying this weight, but everybody else is able to run quicker. Why is that? Because they're probably not holding weight. How ridiculous does this look that I'm holding weight while I'm running? But can I say this? The weight that the Bible is describing that says, don't let it strip away the weight that holds us down. This weight could be your sin. And I'm not just talking about porn. I'm not just talking about adultery. I'm not just talking about alcoholism. I'm talking about some weight that we may not even see that's holding us down. I'm talking about the sin of pride. When we have an ego, man, at least I'm not like them. Or wow, look at this. Look at that. I'm talking about the, the weight of complacency. The weight of laziness. Whatever weight it is, you fill in the blank. I want you to understand that the enemy is wanting to weigh you down. Anxiety. Stress, depression, fear, whatever the weight is, the enemy knows the more he could weigh you down, the slower you are to win this race that God has given you. The slower you are to get to the destiny that God has set for you. The more he can put in your hands and keep you distracted from getting to that place that God has called you. On your mark, get set. That means remove every weight that holds you down. Maybe you have to remove yourself from some relationships that have been holding you back. I'm talking about some, maybe they're not the worst people in the world, but maybe they're not the best either. They're good people. Maybe they're good things that you are holding on to. But good is the enemy of the best. I'll say it like this. Good can stop you from getting to God. I would rather have God things in my life than good things all day. So what is it that we have to strip away? What is it that we have to let go? 
Maybe some of the things that we're watching on Netflix. Maybe some of the things that we're watching on our subscription package. What are the, some of the things that we're listening to? Where is our money going towards? Let's strip away all these things that are weighing us down and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let me talk about a big thing that holds us back a lot of times. It's called unforgiveness. Some of us are holding on to some things and we are still bitter. If I mentioned their name or if I knew the situation, you have this, uh, this, this feeling in your gut and you know, oh man, I just remember it. it's immediate. I, you can feel the wounds. You can feel the hurt. I don't know what the situation is or, or what they did to hurt you. But can I tell you this? What God has set before you is much bigger and much greater than what you could even imagine or comprehend. But you'll never be able to attain the fullness that God has for you unless you let go, unless you forgive, unless you put down and strip away of every weight and let go of every sin that so easily entangles you. I'm talking about the people, maybe there's some people that like to talk about the good old days. Maybe the, the days that, hey, there's some, hey, remember back in the day we used to do this or we used to do that? Remember this, these, these days that we did X, Y, Z and, and you fill in the blank. And they're talking about your, your history. But I'm sorry, people that are still living in my history and that wants me to relive maybe some of those foolish mistakes that I've made in my past or some things I'm not really proud of in my past. I'm sorry, I cannot hang around with people that bring up my history all the time because I believe that people that want to relive my history will keep me away from my destiny. Let me say that again. You cannot live in your history and expect to get to your destiny there's a reason why why while you're driving your car the windshield is much larger than the rear view mirror it's okay to glance every now and then in the back but you got to keep focused and keep your eyes ahead of you you got to be certain that you know what although there may be some things behind me I need to keep my eyes in front of me and be able to be aware of the distractions that the enemy may come and put in my way to distract me or I need to be able to understand, okay, you know what? I may be able to navigate myself around some situations or some circumstances, but I need the Holy Spirit to help me. But you'll never know that if you're distracted or if you're too busy holding on to some weight that's blinding you from the destiny that God has set before you. Number three is go. Point number one was on your mark. Point number two is get set. Point number three is go. Sometimes taking the first step in the race is the hardest. Sometimes actually running the race that God has set before us is the hardest part. In fact, two-thirds of God is go. God is wanting you to go towards the destiny and the purpose that he has set before you. Point two was get set, not stay set. 
Some of us have stayed in the same position and we refuse to go. Why? Because it's comfortable. It's familiar. We enjoy not being pushed out of our comfort zone. But can I tell you that your comfort and your calling cannot exist in the same place. If you don't believe me, ask Peter. When he stepped out into the water from the boat, he said, Lord, if it's you, call me out. And Jesus said, come. He had to get out of the security of his boat and get into the stormy waters to meet with Jesus. If you want the true things that God has said for you, you have to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. You got to be willing to step out into the unknown. God has not called us to live a life of complacency. God has called us to live a life of faith. Faith requires taking the next step and not even seeing what goes before you. Faith is, Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet. I may not see beyond what's in, in front of me. And maybe God is wanting you to be in that place where you can trust him. Because if you could see A to Z and everything in between, then there would be no need for God. But in fact, if you're like, God, I have no idea what the next step is. I have no idea where to go. Maybe God is saying, perfect, this is my opportunity to step in and show you the way. But some of us refuse to step out into what God has called us to. Uncles and aunties, can I talk to you? I talked to the, the kids earlier, right? Point to you about all, the, all they're watching and listening to you. But can I just talk to you, some of you parents? Maybe you have some kids that are in high school or college. and may, Respectfully, I say this. Maybe you are the one preventing your children from going into what God has called them to. I say this respectfully. We have great ambitions. We have great dreams. We have great desires for our kids. But sometimes, if we're not careful, we will tell God, Lord, not your will for my kids, but my will. They need to be doctors. They need to be engineers. They need to do this. They need to do that. But can we understand that if you have raised your kids in the way of the Lord, then God is a God that is true to his word. Raise your kids in the way of the Lord so that they will not depart from it. They may go through a season where they may veer away or may, they may have a season of living out what I like to call living out their testimony. But that doesn't mean that they don't know what to do. That means as a parent, you need to pray, you need to fast, you need to believe and knowing that, you know what? I put too much seed in the ground to let it go to waste. I have prayed too much to let this seed go, go to waste. But can I encourage you that God's plans are higher than our own plans? God's thoughts are higher than our own thoughts. God's ways are higher than our ways. Know that God wants your kids to succeed far more than even you want them to succeed. But we have to trust God. God, I pray that you would show us clarity about what it is for my son or for my daughter to do. I, I say this because I have so many young people that my wife and I, we counsel on a regular basis. 
And these young people feel like they are torn between the will of their parents and the will that God has called them to. But can I encourage you with this? Young people and parents. I don't, know who I, was, I, I don't even know why I'm going this direction. These are not even my notes, but I believe the Holy Spirit's taking control right now for some, some family. Let me encourage you, students and parents. God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of peace. God is a, peace, God is a God of clarity. He will give you peace beyond all understanding. Trust him. Know that he will make a way where there seems to be no way. But we have to understand where is our security, excuse me, where is our security in? Is our security based upon a diploma that we get? A degree that we put on the wall? Is our security based on the paycheck that we receive? Or is it based on the one who holds all things in his hands? We have to remember that life is a marathon, not a sprint. Know that God will give you grace to run at his pace. Let me say that again. God will give you grace to run at his pace. There may be some seasons where you feel like life is moving at a million miles per hour, but can I encourage you that God knows what he's doing as long as you are trusting in him, as long as you are moving in the flow that God is going or the speed that God's going at. There may be some seasons where you feel like, Lord, I'm still here. Have you forgotten about me? But can I encourage you that God has not forgotten about you. God knows exactly where you are and God is able to move you in the speed and the direction that he wants to take you. And so he will give you grace for his pace. And when you feel like giving up, you need to think about the things or about the people that have gone before you. Just like the scripture says, now that we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all these pioneers who have blazed the way before us. You see, the, writers, the writer of Hebrews uh, illustrates, even in the previous chapter, in chapter 11, he talks about Moses, he talks about Abraham, he talks about all these incredible pioneers of faith. Hebrews 11 is known as a chapter of the great hall of faith. And if we look back, if you feel like because, you know, you are stuck in traffic and, and you feel like, man, this is the last thing I need, and you're complaining about being in traffic, uh, next time you think about that, I want you to think about Paul, about how he shipwrecked, how he was on an island. He got bit by a snake. I mean, the list can go on. He was thrown in prison. He was flogged. He was, uh, he was, he was uh, severely bruised and beaten. Think about that the next time. When you feel like giving up, think about, man, could be worse. God could be, you know, uh, sending a huge flood like he did with Noah. Could be worse. Remember how the people before us, whether in the, in the word or the people that you even know spiritually, how they endured through the many hardships, through the many struggles. Young people, let me speak to you for a minute. The reason why our parents want us to succeed, the reason why the parent, our parents want us to do much greater than even our parents have done before is because they don't want us to struggle in the same way that they struggled when they came here. And sometimes we have to understand that and put, our mind, and put ourselves in our parents' shoes and say, you know what, 
Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad, for going before me and for laying down this legacy. And we have to understand, Lord, if you've given grace, if you allowed them to run this race and look at what all they've accomplished, God is not a respecter of person. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. What is it that thing that you want? What is it that thing that you feel like God has called you or equipped you to do? What is it? Why aren't you running towards it? Is it fear? Do you feel like people are going to laugh at you or make fun of you? Do you feel like, you know what, I'm not well equipped. I, I don't know enough or I just don't feel like I'm the best qualified for it. Can I encourage you that God does not call the qualified, but he will qualify the called. Doesn't matter what your disability is. Doesn't matter what your hindrance is. Doesn't matter what your weakness is. God is strong in our weakness. I'm about to show you this video that I ran across uh, last week. It was on the news. And it's such an encouraging piece uh, when I saw it. And, and I was like, man, I have no excuse. I want you to take a look at this and then we'll close out our message. We wanted to end tonight with a story of strength, endurance, and a 21-year-old Florida man's heart of iron. Chris Nickich has spent 21 years defying the odds. His first Olympic race. Chris has Down syndrome, but he's never let that slow him down. Every day he vows to be 1% better, a concept he learned from his father, Nick. You wake up every day thinking, how do I get just a little bit better today than I was yesterday? One more push-up, one more lap, one more mile. His motto? Let's just do it. Let's just do it. You can't, like, listen to doctors. For Chris, it was never about his disability. It was about making the impossible possible. Buy a car, become a homeowner, marry a pretty blonde like his mom, and complete an Ironman. A grueling 140-mile race that includes swimming, biking, and running in one day. This. this is normal for us. Okay? The Special Olympics paired him with veteran Ironman Dan Grebe. The two are now best buddies. You have to earn it. And it's 140 miles of blood, sweat, and tears. Go faster. At mile 80, an inspirational pep talk. You're done with two out of three. You're almost an Ironman. Chris finished the race in 16 hours and 46 minutes. Making history as the first Ironman finisher with Down syndrome. You know, his low expectations for him and everyone that followed behind him are now forever gone. You need to set big dreams and big goals. It's the only way you're going to figure out what you're really made of. What an inspiration, right? Well, guess this. Chris plans to compete in the World Ironman next year and the Special Olympics in 2022. So go, Chris. What an incredible and inspiring story about Chris. Running a triathlon. Um, I was looking up the, the uh, triathlon. What does it consist of? Um, it shows that it's 2.4 miles of swimming. 2.4 miles of swimming, 112 miles of biking. And just when you thought that was enough, there's 26.2 miles of running. And all these events are taking place on the same day, one after the other. 
Man, as I was watching this story, I, I was moved to the verge of tears. That this man, Chris, 21 years old, young guy, he was so passionate about completing a triathlon, no matter what other people may see as a disability. He was so determined. He was so focused. I don't know if he saw or he paid attention in the clip that, you know, the person that they hired to run along him, he was wearing a vest that said guide. What a beautiful illustration of how God runs alongside of us in this race. He is our guide. He is our strength. He is all that we need in this race called life. When you feel like giving up, just like that man encouraged Chris in the middle of his triathlon, you're halfway there, keep going. Can I encourage you that we serve a God who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He that began a good work is faithful and just to complete it. We do not serve a half-time God, a God that does things just halfway or just partly. We serve a full-time God. We serve a God that is able to do beyond what we could ever even ask or imagine. I keep coming back to that verse because it's true. We serve a God of the impossible. The next time the enemy lies and whispers in your ear, you have to remind yourself of the people that have gone before you, that have ran this race. Because the, the, the one thing that I want to hear my heavenly father say when I get before him is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He's not going to say, well done, that, thy good and successful servant. Good and wealthy servant, good and educated servant. It says good and faithful servant. Be faithful, be diligent in all that you do. On your mark, get set, go. Let's lay aside every excuse and give God our best for the rest of 2020. For the next 32, 33 days, I want to encourage you, run like you've never had before. Run for your life. Run for your family. Run for your destiny. Run for your legacy. Run for all that God has in store for you. Run for everything that he has marked before you. Lay, lay aside every excuse, put everything aside and say, God, I am giving you everything that I have for the remainder of 2020 and I refuse to enter into 21 the same way I entered into 2020. I refuse to be the same person like I was yesterday. That so encouraged me again when I was watching this. He said, just be 1% better every day. Imagine if we were 1% better every single day. Not a huge leap forward with a 100% or 20%. Just be 1% better. 1% better of a husband or of a wife. 1% better of, a, of being a, a child or a, a son or a daughter. 1% better of being a co-worker. 1% better of being a business owner. 1% better of being a nurse or a doctor. 1% being better of a Christian. 1% better. 
Imagine what we can do if we have this mindset and say for the next 33 days, I'm giving it my all. Just 1% better. Don't lay back. Don't lay off the, the gas. But instead, let's push forward into all that God has for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this word that you've given us. Lord, I pray that we would not become complacent. We would not become lazy. But Lord, instead, we would run this race called life. And we would pursue all that you have for us, God. Let us run. Let us get outside of our comfort zone. Let us not compare to the person to the right or left of us. But Lord, let us be in the place that you want us Give us the grace to run at your pace, Jesus. Lord, we thank you so much that those that are watching this message, I don't know who it's for, but you're encouraging them to get up, to run again, to lay aside everything that's holding them down, to strip off those relationships, to strip off those bad habits, whatever it's called, whatever you're bringing to their attention. Lord, I pray that they would have the faith the strength and the courage to lay aside every excuse, everything that holds them back, and they would run the race that you have set before them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.